This is the Wizards Nightshirt Podcast, episode 62. Welcome to the Wizards Nightshirt. This is episode number 62. I'm Scott, and here with me are Tilt the Whirl operator, Will. I've got three buttons on my panel. Do they get square or triangle? And the inventor of the fried Butterfinger, Rebecca. Woo-wee! It's good eating. At the Wizards Nightshirt, we're revisiting He-Man Masters of the Universe and She-Ra Princes of Power. Today, we're reviewing He-Man, Season 2, Episode 100, The Greatest Show on Eternia. This is also our monthly lighting round episode. That means we'll be pulling out the stopwatch for a quick review of several episodes that happened between our main episodes. You can look at our episode guide on the website if you'd like to follow along. Now, back to Scott. The air date was October 31st, 1984, Halloween. That's pretty cool, actually. An auspicious day. And in this episode, Skeletor tries to take over a traveling circus. Enjoyment! I don't want anyone to have any enjoyment except for me! So, for you guys, did you guys ever go to the fair or your favorite fair food, maybe? Or your ride? Anything like that? I think that I went to the circus a couple of times and then the fair always. So, I do have kind of fond memories of the fair. Uh, that would have been the Tennessee Valley Fair in, in my memories. That was a fun, fun thing. I always, I, I would still love to go back because I haven't been there in years. But yeah, I always. Uh, it's the same. It's exact. It probably is the same. It's probably like the same tilt a whirl. <laughs> it's the same everything. You're like, I don't think that's safe. <laughs> You're like, maybe, maybe not that one anymore. Now I know you don't like carrying around drinks or carrying around food and having that responsibility of holding it all the time. So. Did you have a food that you got when you were there? I, I don't really remember. Like, I, maybe cotton candy. We would do that. Okay, that's low maintenance. But here's the most memorable food. This is actually kind of funny. Uh, Congressman John Duncan, who served in like Congress for years and years, he every year had this big like truck at the fair that gave out free paper cones of ice water, hmm. and it was like the best marketing. For, see, like okay, you know we I, I know that the eighties shaved ice, right? <laughs> ice or is, it, or is it actually like ice yeah, just water, water like cold just water like, just oh, okay. cold all right, water all right. like like that had been iced down and you weren't getting like it lukewarm water out of a hose yeah and it's very funny to think because like clearly like lobbying was a problem in the 80s it's not like they were more idealistic times but in this in this world we live in now where you feel that you know like every uh politician is suspect about how they you know, got to where they were. I'm like, I'm pretty sure John Duncan got just elected on the back of that ice water at the fair. Like every year, everybody's like, hell yeah, free water, woo! Like, I'm gonna vote for him. It was cold too. It was cold too in the cone. So that was my favorite fair food. And I really love the uh, precarious rides. Like I, you know, you think about your memories of things and there are so many things that you can't experience but for a certain way. And so like, I, you know, I, there are certain songs that I think about uh, coming from like the tinny speaker blaring over yeah. the Himalayan at the fair. Like, do you remember Marky Mark's Good Vibrations, that song? <laughs> when I a think of bit. that song, like I think of that song blaring over the Himalayan and the ride operation is like, do you want to go faster? And everybody's like, woo, dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. And that's just like one of those weird sensory memories you'll never get rid of. Did you guys have a competition with like a, like a princess or something like that? They would crown like somebody? Uh, you know, I don't think that they did at that particular one. Because surely if they would have had that, my sister and I would have been all over that. We would have loved to have gone seen like the, the beautiful, like, you know, fair queen. But I guess we did it, which is really a missed opportunity because... I would love to go on YouTube and find footage of those pageants if they existed. 
Like, oh. she's beautiful. Her, her bangs are so tall. <laughs> we, we had a, uh, we had a, like a, a pageant at one of our uh, local festivals. Uh, yes, called you did. Miss Swine Time. Yeah, you did. Swine Time? <laughs> yeah. Like the pig? Yeah, because that was the name of the festival. Oh, okay, yes. okay. Right. Yes, so it was so not it was a, a swine festival? It was not a flattering title. Okay, but, right, uh, right. the The actual pageantry had nothing to do with swine, but... I'm jealous uh, yeah. you got a pageant. Okay. The rest, the rest of the festival was a lot of good food and crafts, but also several men who backed up pickup trucks full of plastic ninja weapons. That's all I remember <laughs> is I could get a, a blue katana. I could get my first pair of nunchucks. They were foam, but they still hurt like hell if you got walked by one. Yeah, but you, you swing them <laughs> hard And your sister enough. knows that. Your sister knows that well. It's pretty funny. Ow! <laughs> and your, your story about uh, the congressman reminded me, it was so weird how even with all those people, you will still run into individuals at them. And you may have remembered my story about um, my karate lessons. I remember one time at the fair, I ran into my sensei at the uh, fair. And <laughs> of course... Did you whip him with your nunchucks? No, but because he, can't, he couldn't... No, uh, look, we didn't do weapons, as I just said. said. Oh, I remember. very sad. I remember but the story. He can't stop thinking about karate ever. We were there. You can't just be like, like... Hey, Mr. Smith. He's like, you know, Will, the mechanics of throwing a baseball of this are very similar to Hayon Sundon. And then he proceeded to demonstrate in front of adults, and he was a grown adult. And like, this is getting weird. Just throw the baseball. So. Was he? Did, was oh, he you mean a like carnival at, game? Yes. Yeah. yeah okay. He was oh, throwing the baseball at the thing and trying to show that the mechanics were similar. He's trying to show the beauty of body movement. And I was like, just throw the baseball. <laughs> just throw the baseball. I'm yes. embarrassed. That, that is a lesson that I'm sure a lot of young boys really appreciate. <laughs> I, th I, th I thought he might try to like use his mind or something like that. Hey, maybe, maybe like, hey, look, look, I'm using my mind. I'm gonna, gonna, I'm gonna flip gonna, that rubber frog across them lily pads. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna win that giant bear. So like I'm going into the mind of that frog. It's a zen experience. That would have been better, I think. <laughs> yeah. That's really too bad. You he could have got hammer. you on board. You are the frog. He's like, sir, you're never gonna win. It's yeah, that right. guy with the cigarette's like, zen all you want. <laughs> Another five dollars. Mm, yeah, that'll probably work. I'd try again. You probably aren't in the Zen zone. <laughs> you need you need to calm that mind some more. <laughs> oh yeah, that's clearly it, kid. You you uh, weren't thinking about the stuff he said. <laughs> I also had I had a fair that came to my hometown, and it was called Old Fashioned Days. Ooh! <laughs> Did they have an Old West cutout that you would have enjoyed? N no. Aww. No. <laughs> They did. They did have a band, and they set up in the high school parking lot, and they had rides. <laughs> Some people that you probably would never imagine that lived in the town came out to hang out at the fair, and you're like, I don't know any of these people, <laughs> and they're just hanging out at the fair. We're fair folk. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Like it was just yeah, all the fair folk came out. It was it was interesting. Huh. The funhouse mirror is the only place where I look right in. <laughs> <laughs> mirror at home don't do me justice. We'll know each other well when I throw up on you in the gravitron. <laughs> Oh, the Gravitron. Oh, I bet that happened a lot. Everybody dance <laughs> That was the other song. Besides, the same time as Good Vibrations, that song would have been coming out too. That, I'm sure I heard that one on the Himalayan as well. The Himalayan was a, it was one that, it was like the rotor, right? It would just spin you? Yeah, like you were in like a little like car, like sled oh, that goes right, in a circle right. around yeah. a track. Look, we've okay. seen Problem Child 2. We know. <laughs> okay. Is there a Himalayan in, in Problem Child 2? It was some throw-up machine. I don't remember. Okay. Yeah, that's, yeah. They're all throw-up Somebody machines. please write <laughs> yeah. us on they're Twitter all about the ride in Problem the Child 2. Yeah, if you've had enough cotton candy, any one of those could be a throw-up machine. What was your ride at the fair, Scott? At the fair? I didn't ride the fair of the fair rides. <laughs> <laughs> I was... Slightly afraid of them. Yeah, me too. Probably yeah. for good reason, honestly. Yeah. yeah. One time I remember going on the rickety roller coaster and it was actually a harrowing experience because I was quite small. Like, I was tall enough to ride. So, you know, like, because, you know, they, they have that mm -hmm. check. Also saw that in Problem Child, too. Personally. Yeah. But I remember, like, sliding around on the seat quite a bit. Ooh. Like, because I was also with someone who was also kind of small. And we were like, I don't know if this is the greatest thing ever. And we held Says on the for the wisdom of a seven-year-old. <laughs> I was, I was probably like nine, but okay. yeah, no. No, no, anyway, oh, yeah. nine-year-old's telling me how to do my job <laughs> every day. <laughs> like, excuse me, sir, I think I'm going to fall out. Well, 
We lost three kids. That's all. <laughs> um, and we we also had a pageant. So that oh, was yeah. Man, I missed out. Yeah, old fashioned days. Did your sister ever consider doing the pageant? Or was she not a pageant no, kind of gal? No, she was not a pageant gal. Her bangs weren't tall enough, I'm sure. That, that, I'm sure. And it's funny that I'm thinking back of the one girl that I can think of. She had big bangs. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm takes like, this is like the late nineties. Why does she have big bangs? Well, I'm big thinking bangs are she eternal. Wins. Yeah, that's true. That's true. She she knows you who the judges are. Set my crown on top of my bangs. <laughs> This is Man at Arms, and you can't listen to Act One until you clean your room. So what is not a good circus slash carnival is this one that's coming to Eternia, I'm thinking. Even though it looks dazzling when it shows up because it arrives in a rocket train. Yeah, that's... That's some good fanfare in pageantry. It's hard not to get excited by the fair if you can watch it like Santa Claus coming into town. <laughs> it is a lot like Santa Claus, isn't it? Did yeah. they have a did they have a name for their fair or was it just like the fair of the circus? The circus and it's owned by Crackers the Clown. Yeah. That we will meet slightly. We later. will we will uh interact with extensively to my continued astonishment. (laughs) (laughs) Cracker's got a lot of screen time. Yeah, Cracker is going to have a large entry in the history books of Eternia. Right? (laughs) It was so bizarre. There's going to be like a a whole history is written on uh, Cracker's and his his role in important events. Do you feel like he sounded kind of like Mickey Mouse? You're Cracker's the clown, and this is your circus. You own it. That's right. Glad to meet you. Oh, what's your name? Yes. yes. A lot. Okay. Yes. All right, all right. And it That's took me a while okay. to settle on that because I was like, what does he sound like? Oh, he sounds kind of like... And I think I said, oh, it's clearly like Cringer's voice, but different. I'm like, no, that's just straight up Mickey Mouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. high Helium's dude voice. I w- yeah, I, w- I was trying to relate him back. It seemed like he was like a like a 70s character that was like changed into something else. And they made... I don't know. It, just, it was weird. That... Um, that I, I I see how you would get that because there was something about his proportions that were very, that was very I would yeah. say seventies. Yeah, it's kind of it was like, like an R. Crumb or something or yeah, the sort of the weird elongated torso but still very rotund. Like yeah. he was a he was an odd figure. Yeah, in a number of ways, an unsettling figure. Yeah, like one of those like seventies pulp comics or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get it. I totally get that. We we don't hadn't met. Uh, crackers yet so we're seeing like posters go up of it there's like some dude on a levitating platform painting and of course orko has to get all up in his business he falls down and some paint falls on duncan and you would think that he'd be more mad about that than he was i have to give him credit and that's when they see the rocket coming through uh but the rocket is having problems getting ready to land on the fairground oh boy uh-oh, looks like the rocket's in trouble. Yeah, not some good safety checks going on there. Oh, yeah. I, this did not inspire a lot of confidence about the rides, no. did it? I didn't yeah. even think about that. Don't go in those tents, man. That, yeah, that whole no. thing is, is about to go up in smoke. Oh, and also, I thought we were going to learn that part of the problem the rockets had was because of Skeletor. No, that was just like the rockets were not doing good. Yeah. So that doesn't speak well to the age of their equipment. No. Yeah, don't don't get in that tilt of world. <laughs> so do it. Thankfully, um, Prince Adam will turn into He Man to save the circus for everybody, and he jumps up on the flying rocket and blows their engines back into service and lifts the nose of the clown car in front, and we see our first glimpse of Cracker and we're like, He Man. Yeah. And then to show that the circus is okay, they reuse the same clip of them waving that they used when it first came through the train. So we're okay. Yeah, kid, kids, just want to make sure you understand that it was it was fine. The clowns didn't die. <laughs> like, is that scary or or not scary? Do you think Do you think if they ran into the thing, it would just make like a noise and then just like fall down? Yeah, it wouldn't like actually like blow up. Balloon uh, hardness. Yeah, there you go. Or just like. <laughs> oh, also the uh, three-trunked elephant that we're going to see a lot. That he's real happy too in the. In oh the, right, the, the myrtle fence. Yeah. Is that what they call it? They, yeah. yeah, they call her myrtle. Yeah. They had like a specific species name, whatever. But, uh, <laughs> so, uh, um, 
important. Yeah, Will. Sorry. I'm not too invested in, in us knowing Rebecca this. looked it up in the encyclopedia. I did. Like, let's all commit this very important fact to memory. Animals. And then forget some calculus we learned long ago. <laughs> because we learned that instead. Sorry, uh, brain. I'm sorry. No cooperation. I get no cooperation from anyone. Um, meanwhile, uh, at Snake Mountain, Skeletor is ranting about never getting any help around the house, which <laughs> I really did enjoy that as a rant. That was a good one. And uh, he's mad because he heard about the circus, but the circus is not going to come to Snake Mountain because the king has paid for everyone in Eternia to have free circus for a week. So they're, they're not even going to blow by Snake Mountain. And Skeletor's mad because he wants to see that circus. Do you think they would have entertained it otherwise? Probably. If they're paying. Yeah, what, they're paying customers. What I was wondering is, who was going to go to the Snake Mountain Circus? Is it just, <laughs> would Snake, would Skelter be putting it on for his minions of like, like, we worked hard this year. Um, I did have a lightning round episode this time that like had villagers who were in Skeletor's territory, Interesting. so to speak, never which seen is not that. something we've seen before. Interesting. So I can assume it'd be like trap jaw on them. And then, like, a couple of villagers who live slaves. under the evil. And then some slaves. Yeah. <laughs> that, would, that would not be a great crowd, probably. <laughs> Have you received word yet from the circus? You mean about your request for them to perform here at Snake Mountain? Yes. When will they arrive? They won't. So, Skeletor is insulted, and he tells Beastman and Evil Lynn to go stop the circus, which seems like pretty, like small potatoes for him he's <laughs> really say, wounded about this yeah, circus this is pretty low stakes for a, a he-man plot like uh-oh the circus might not happen uh-oh i just well I, I i should say this later in the episode but i'm just gonna say it now i felt like the writers had an idea and then went to like a six and seven year old and asked them about a plot that they might like and then they wrote a story around that. <laughs> Here you go, Scott. I'm going to add fuel to this fire of conspiracy, okay? Okay. The name of the, of the writer that showed up at the beginning was someone called Stevie, Roby... Stevie Ro- McSteverson. Stevie McSteverson. <laughs> was someone called Roby Gorin. And I was like, this is not a name I've heard before. And I put it into an anagram generator because I just thought it seemed like not a proper name. And one of the anagrams was, boy, regrown. Oh, dun, dun, dun. interesting! Interesting. Yeah, so that's, so this is some writer's son wrote this episode. A child and they wrote want... this episode, and it was boy regrown, and now we know. And put on your hats, your conspiracy hats, because it's true. And I recommend that we show the same animation those clowns <laughs> waving, so I know they made it. Make the clown look real weird. I really like the circus. Let's write a story about that. Make Orko really annoying. <laughs> you got it, kid. Here you go. One crappy episode coming up. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's me. Uh, we're gonna put the same ten up ten times, so it looks like we put up a lot. I'm, there were there were things to like about this episode, but yeah, I think we can all go ahead. Crackers. And agree. That, that's what we liked about this episode. It, it was all crackers. It was crackers all the time. This is about he when wears we get to see the deep, now. the deep deep V. That was another thing, dude. You could Burn see your his, face. So the like, crazy proportions, but also you could see really his, defined pecs. His pecs. I did not need to see clown pecs. Like, I could go <laughs> my whole life and not seeing clown pecs. And we're even living in a time where, like, g- grown women want to get with Pennywise the Clown just because it's a scars guard now. What? I'm confused, but I don't want to see a clown's pecs ever. You hear me, clowns? Stay away. Cover up. <laughs> well, I've looked at your room. It's still not clean enough to go to the circus, but I'm going to act too. I'm Orko. 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 That's funny. He man, he, he man, he man really liked that bird. He was, he was <laughs> laughing a lot. Oh, the bird gag was okay. So we got we got to talk about crackers. So they're cutting <laughs> over to the fairgrounds finally. All right. And Orko is supposed to be cleaning his room before he can go to the fair. But Orko doesn't want to do any work. He just wants to go to the fair uh, to the circus. And he thinks that he can be in the circus. And he's pretty much telling the owner of the circus, Crackers, that it's going to be no work at all for him to join the circus. And Crackers is like, yeah, but we all kind of work hard here. And then 
Also, let's just back up a minute. So we are talking to this clown now. There is a clown man <laughs> yes. with strange proportions and, and a Mickey, Mickey Mouse, Mouse voice. <laughs> and he has this running gag with a little lapel bird that sh- shoots out and kind of repeats <laughs> the last thing he says. And it is absurd and you never get used to it. Never. <laughs> yeah. And he man does like that. And bird. we talk to crackers seriously and we <laughs> laugh at crackers and he takes us in and out of the scenes and we're never comfortable. <laughs> yes, I think that's probably the Cracker's experience. Uh, <laughs> In a nutshell. So so while Cracker's is holding court about the work ethic of his group, uh, Beastman and Evil Lynn are skulking behind the tents, and Beastman is going to control the three-trunked elephant who's raising the tents, and he's like, I'm controlling Myrtle. <laughs> <laughs> I was so relieved when they showed up. Myrtle. You will do what I say. Because I was like, thank goodness. Because like everyone in that circus was bumming me out. And I was so glad to see Beastman and Evil Lynn. I'm like, oh, here's finally, <laughs> finally some people I like. You see someone familiar when you're hanging out somewhere terrible. You don't even care who it is. Like, oh, thank goodness, Beastman. I really wanted to sit and have a beer with you. <laughs> but yeah, so he briefly hypnotizes Myrtle and gets her to tear down the tent that she has just er- erected. Because... Elephants have to work, too, at this circus. They have to work at every circus, actually. It's not okay. Don't have elephants at your circus. That's wrong, people. Don't do that no more. But uh, uh, briefly, she goes wild, and everyone's like, what's wrong with Myrtle? It's like, besides the oppressive working conditions and the fact that you're all weird, I don't know. <laughs> but then it doesn't last very long, either, because like, He-Man immediately uh, does He-Man stuff and... Puts up the whole circus tent himself. Like, he puts it all up himself. Yeah, the whole thing. This is that sequence you were talking about, Scott. It was kind of weird with the slow motion tents raising up over yeah. and over again. Yeah. And, okay, I don't think I'm being immature. I feel like some uh, of the... Did you feel like the tents were shaped? Yeah, it looked yeah. a little suggestive. The, okay. the tents going... It looked a lot suggestive yeah. to me. Yeah. That is one me. of them looked like a thing, and the other one looked like a... <laughs> I didn't notice this. I also don't pay attention a lot. So more more proof that a child wrote this episode, as is our current conspiracy mm-hmm. theory. Uh-huh. And it's a child who's just learned about... There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that, that's the word I was looking for. <laughs> Make it look more like... <laughs> okay, kid, whatever. <laughs> we think it's funny, too. <laughs> He-Man's going to have a serious talk with Crackers about whether Orko can help <laughs> yeah, at the circus. I just can't every time. <laughs> Sorry. We're getting serious now. Uh, He-Man is talking to Crackers like he is a legitimate person with his own feelings and interests. And he sa- and he's and, and, uh, he says, do you think Orko can do anything for your circus? And he said, they both agreed, like, maybe this would be a good learning uh, lesson for Orko. But then to make sure that this is not serious or anything, Crackers lets the little bird lapel go in He-Man's face, and He-Man loves it. They're like, okay, I guess that's happening. Yeah, that was yeah. weird. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just can't tell a person not to do something. They have to learn for themselves. Yeah, well, Orko will find out being in the circus is a lot of hard work. Hard work! Hard work! Hard work! <laughs> Very well, you can go to the fair, but only to look at the contest winners in the expo building. And I get your Cracker Jack prize. Here's act three. Um, also, just really briefly, I forgot to mention how um, when He-Man got rid of Beastman and Evil Inn for sabotaging the circus, he kind of like hugged them in an iron cage and they went into a very, very deep crevasse and bounced a couple of times but they were okay by the way now to give you the bounce um when does skeletor show up uh pretty much right now because they failed so he has to take care of it himself right because that's the only time i was paying attention was when the bad guys were on screen because they were a lot more fun than crackers I kind of want to go inside Skeletor's tent. Yeah. Yes! When he, so Skeletor sneaks into the circus area. He puts up his own tent, and he's like, I'm going to like you know have the Skeletor circus. And I see that tent, and it's got a skull on it. I'm like, that'd be the first tent I would go to. I'd be like, I don't know what's in there, but it's going to be awesome. There's going to be a tarot. There's going to be like uh, Rob Zombie movies. I don't know what's in there. <laughs> yeah. Or Rob Zombie himself. Rob Zombie's in there. Sitting there with like shelling pistachios and being like, hey, kids. <laughs> hey, kids. <laughs> 
Welcome to the circus. I'm like, cool, Rob Zombie, I'll hang out with you. I don't know. Whatever it is, it's better than what's going on in those other tents. We can all agree. I would have gone to Skeletor's tent immediately. I like the way he has to personalize his tent. It's so conspicuous, but he's he's just like, no, it's, it's going to happen. It all starts here. Wait until those fools see what I have in store for them. <laughs> what would happen if somebody, like, tried to go in his tent? Like, go away! <laughs> <laughs> well, they would just go in the same void, right? Not ready. I guess so. Yeah. If I walked into a tent and Skeletor was sitting there, that would be exactly what I was hoping to get out of that tent with yeah. the skull on it. <laughs> well, you know, like, also- what if he's in there, like, trying to get, like, kale out of his teeth or something? <laughs> Like he's like he's like just like he just ate a salad. He's like, leave me alone! <laughs> I don't go on for another ten. <laughs> he's clearly in there, supposed to be reading tarot or something. Yeah. <laughs> All your gods are your stupid. <laughs> 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 you moron! They're all jokers. <laughs> there you go. Everyone's a fool. <laughs> We get an extended uh, sequence of crackers trying to teach Orko about work. And I just want to reiterate that in case you weren't clear, we're giving equal time to all the things happening. This was the A story. Yes. This was, it was the, the main story. Skeletor was like the B or C story. It, it went on and on and on. And they had to show all the people in the circus and how they were working because kids are really stupid and they can't understand the, the lesson. <laughs> you gotta beat it into them. I'd love to be up there swinging with them. It seems like fun. It took a lot of hard work to get that good. But it looks so easy. They get Orko, like, giving Myrtle a bath, and Adam's giving him a hard time about it. Uh, Orko pretty much insults the trapeze artist and tells him that he has all day. He could learn everything he knows how to do. The trapeze artist was named the Great Orlando. You? The Great Orlando are doing a laundry? Why not? The circus is like one big family. We all share the work. It was a good name. <laughs> it was a good name. It was a good outfit, too. Yeah, and then what was the outfit like? Because it was a helmet with, uh, he had like a, the sides cut out of his shirt. It was like it a reverse like went shirt. Down, went down into like a leotard. Ne- leotard, yeah. No, no, no leggings. It's no wonder he had to do all the hand washing for that outfit because that would have shrunk in the dryer like <laughs> to dangerous proportions, so... <laughs> Yeah, we see why the great Orlando had to do his laundry. Tight in all the wrong places. Yeah, you don't you don't want another Crackers scenario. You don't, we don't need to see anybody else's pecs. So, did we get to the point where Crackers goes in the tent? Is that where we're at? Yes. So, Skeletor is ready for the Skeletor circus here. And how does he attract Crackers to the oh, tent? Oh, cra- well, he just sees Crackers like, that's not my tent. Oh, yeah, got, in yeah. The skull tent. Yeah, yeah obviously. Yeah. Hmm, that's funny. That tent's not part of my circus. Crackers goes into the tent. It does a little swirly thing and gets uh, transported to um, a dangerous place called Echo Valley. And, uh, of course, there is a daring rescue that He-Man must do. And then also that dumb bird gets everyone in trouble because it causes a rock slide by doing the bird gag. Oh, it's He-Man! And this was supposed to be a serious thing, but we can't. You, you, I just need everybody to remember that he's saving crackers, okay? And it looks so dumb and so weird. And I kept thinking, like, the stakes are so high here. What if this was He-Man's one failure? Like, I let one man, one man die, and it was crackers. Crackers the clown. No one would really be upset, except maybe Orko, and even he would forget about it whenever he found a new toy to play with. <laughs> And we and we see see a little bit of uh, what's going on in the rest of Eternity, where all the people in Eternos are uh, looking at the big canceled sign on the poster. And of course, Duncan wants to be the one to give the news to everybody because he's such a killjoy. So, There'll be no circus. It's not <laughs> happening. In case you were wondering and thinking of joy. <laughs> but anyone like to go on a dig with me? That's <laughs> Nothing left to do but clean our rooms and peel we're potatoes. Going to- Soak a lot of rocks and try to separate the different metals. <laughs> yes, it's true. I'm sorry to say the circus has been canceled. He-Man gets stuck in a cave after the rock slide with crackers. <laughs> and then his solution is to tunnel up because he knows the general direction of the circus. Okay, fine. Meanwhile, Skeletor is 
at the circus and his solution to like he says i want the skeletor circus because i'm thinking this is going to be awesome because like he could make all his minions be in the circus and it's going to be like a different circus no he just wants to make the circus perform for him <laughs> which like you didn't have to shut it down to do that you know you just go and be like like amuse me fool uh, you know what would have been a great idea to make this episode work is Skeletor should have made a competing circus to uh, get all oh, the people come in. God. And all the people there could have done different circus things. You could have that. strong men people. You could... I mean, Be- Beast Man, he could have all the animals. Yeah. Yes. Just, uh, he could yeah. command them all to do all the tricks. Yeah. Evil Lynn could be like a tightrope walker with her with her magic and her yelling. And then she would just be like, I'm going to lose my balance. But then she wouldn't. <laughs> Huh. And then you, the, the Skeletor Circus would be amazing. <laughs> Trap Jog to swallow metal like in a tent somewhere, like a freak show. That would be amazing. Mm-hmm. You know? Whiplash would do, I don't know, feats of strength with his tail. You really, you, there's so much going on there. Why didn't they just do that? You, sir, give out cold water. <laughs> <laughs> right? You win the circus. Somebody would. That would be, well, they could recruit Fisto briefly, and he can divert a stream so that everyone could have cold water and paper cups. <laughs> He's going to do the test your strength thing. Yeah, he, 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 <laughs> he, 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 he would play that punching bag game that they have, see how strong you could be, and it would just, like, bust it off. <laughs> but not good enough. I will say the saving grace for this episode is what happens next. He-Man shows up and he gets into a trapeze showdown with Skeletor. That is ridiculous. It was hilarious. It was when I saw, it, I saw it starting to happen, I was like, is it happening? Is it happening? Yes! They got on opposite sides to trapeze at each other. That was the best part of the episode, was the creative trapeze battle between uh, <laughs> and then, He-Man and Skeletor. And then he fell on the tightrope, and he tried to use his like finger finger laser, and then he like blasts himself off the tightrope. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> And he and he's very concerned about being embarrassed, and uh, he falls on on his butt, and he's like holding his bottom as he walks away, and he's like, "Can't go that way; they'll be mad at me." <laughs> it right. was really That's, funny. What did he care about the opinions of a crowd? I better not go that way. That crowd will be pretty angry with me. But then he accidentally lights firecrackers on fire and then blasts off on a rocket. It was like so. a really extended Looney Tunes sequence where he's bouncing off of stuff, and his head goes through the wall of the poster. I mean, they all but had the little birds going around his head. Yeah, it yeah was, pretty uh, much. It's pretty wacky. Again, back to the seven-year-old making this episode. Yeah. Huh? I'm sure that's true. Oh, boy, what a circus! What, we're pretty much out, yeah? like. Um... Orko doesn't want to do the chores of the circus, so he's content to watch it in the stands. And then, because there was a big animal in the episode, it has to end up kissing Orko to make everybody laugh God, at the end. I was so tuned out that I don't even remember that <laughs> happening. Uh, Myrtle kissed him with two of her trunks. <laughs> <laughs> she did the same to Crackers when she saw him come back to. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. That was a good move. That was a good yeah. move for Myrtle. That leaves us with our moral, which is basically what's already been drilled into us this whole episode, which is you have to work at things. And, uh, woof. <laughs> Will you let the cat out, please? <laughs> she really wants to go. Oh, you let that baby out. So, what are we thinking about ratings here? I didn't write one down, and as we've talked about this, I feel like I'm feeling less charitable than I was even when I watched this. <laughs> It has crackers in it. It has crackers in it, which is I worth mean, come on. negative five points. Five, so you're saying five, right? You said five. <laughs> Breathe it down from a ten to a five. No. Who would like to go first? I feel like I just talk first all the time. I I can go first. Go first, Scott. What'd you um, I I I thought I had some some good aspects, but uh, it missed the mark on a lot of things. Like I said. I if I was a young if I was a kid I think I would probably think some of the stuff was hilarious and like silliness and whatever else I'm gonna give it a uh, 2.8 corn dogs <laughs> <laughs> yeah I was thinking 2.9 um, and the things that I did give it points for were the little bit of fun we had with the, with our villains and that's really the only thing that was redeeming about it at all 
So it was pretty pretty rough, I gotta say. I thought it was refreshing that it it was different from all the other ones, and you could see how it would work. It was su- surprisingly funny. I mean, it it was horrible but refreshing, I guess. <laughs> um, like a yoo-hoo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My apologies to anyone who loves yoo-hoo. A Did warm it, yoo-hoo on a cold day. Do they still make yoo-hoo? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay, I haven't seen yoo-hoo. In the in the wild. Did you want Did you want one next time? Next episode. Sure. All right. It'll be refreshing for more. <laughs> <laughs> I think crackers had some hidden darkness too. I, All clowns I, do. That's the whole point of the clown. We've seen Spawn. We know it works. So we've read Watchmen. I, we know how it works. I gave this a high. high I said four skull tents. You did not. I did. Oh, you did not. I did. Will yeah, you? Why? Because <laughs> that was just his crackers, I wasn't it? Crackers seduced object. you. Because it was so strange, and I thought Skelter was so funny. Yeah, and it was. It was he pretty was ridiculous. Funny. I'm not budging on my score though. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope it gives you peace to know that I evened them out. So technically, you gave this somewhere around a three point two. No. When you, you have to have your name beside that. No. I'm sure the people can I lower my score so that I can get it. <laughs> so we got we got to write this wrong. The, the crackers factor. Uh... <laughs> now, it, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of agree with you. The the weirdness was it was good. There just was a lot of stuff that wasn't good. <laughs> Scott says four point one. Rebecca a five as usual for trollas and clowns. Okay. It is time for our lightning round. This is our 10th round, I believe. And some of the things we have to look forward to are Bummer Kids, Randor's father. 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 Um, selling out He-Man for a quick buck. And we have some ghost teeth, some uh, trawling action. Uh, are we ready to hit it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, first on the list, number one of 11 is from me. This is He-Man Season 2. Episode 94, Journey to Stone City. Stevie Van Zant ain't gonna play Stone City. <laughs> By the way, are you ready? I am ready. Go! Okay, Attack Track uses his computer brain to help He-Man find an ancient city. Evil in yeah. Cobra Khan. And- I missed Attack Track, I'm sad. <laughs> Cobra Khan and Webster are nearby and they think they can find a treasure in the old city. Orko finds a living tree that says Orko talks too much and its roots go deep into everything, including graves. In the city, an old king named Vulcan wakes up too early and says his people overslept. He needs a life bringer device to wake up his people, but Evil Lynn stole it. She says He-Man did it, though. Webster's voice is obviously Squinch's voice. Skeletor finds out uh, he's out of the loop and says Evil Lynn has been awfully quiet. And what's she doing? Nothing. It's not nothing. He-Man is outside and says, where's the life bringer? Skeletor says, is that the life bringer? And Evil Lynn says, yes. He goes, sorry, haven't seen it. He-Man goes to the device and sets things right. The city wakes up and is ready to help He-Man in the future. Skeletor punishes his minions by making them carve a Skeletor stone hinge. And um, <gasps> uh, Evil Lynn hits her thumb with a hammer. <laughs> that sounds great. It was great. 4.2 computer brains. All right. So next we have 2 of 11, Scott He-Man. Episode season two, episode ninety-five. What's it called? <laughs> it's called Bird in the in the Hand. Bird in the Hand. Tell us about that. <laughs> Thank bird. you, Rebecca. Tell us about that bird, Scott. All right. <laughs> Stalin and Orko break a wolf statue at the Royal Museum. Stalin shows Prince Adam the map that they found inside of the statue. Prince Adam says, "Go to go to Sorceress." Beastman, Trapjaw, and Skeletor follow them, and Beastman's Halliwog pet, which is a, a platypus bird thing looking thing. It's crazy looking. Uh, Skeletor wants to send it in to the Castle Grayskull so they can spy for them. Uh, so they hear that, that they have to go to the Cave of Winds and somehow Tila finds out and Mr. M from the museum, they go there and they get trapped. In a disturbing event, Trapjaw tries to bury Tila alive. Then Tila and Mr. M get away. Uh, Skeletor steals a map from Stanlin. Stanlin realizes that Hollywog betrayed him and told Skeletor everything. He-Man does a tornado punch to get through the cave walls. Hollywog helps Stanlin uh, get get the book. He-Man busts in with a wolf and scares the bad guys away. Uh, they give the book to the sorceress. Um, <laughs> It was a 3.1 weird creatures. The only thing about it was the the Halliwag it like repeated them and it repeated them in their voice. Uh, oh, that, that's a good that's a good bit. So so he could like, you know, so he helped 
Stanlin like because the sorceress told him to say like waka waka woomba or something you know whatever and then he couldn't remember it and yeah so the, the me, bird said it. Remind me where Stanlin comes from again? How, where where how, why do we know him? He, he uh, the Mr. M is the archaeologist and he was with him. I think it's his uh, son. Oh right, okay, the archaeologist's son. Now I got it. Yeah, okay. uh, I I don't. Really, he's a very dangerous life. He's like Johnny Quest or something. Very yeah, dangerous. Yeah, yes, yes. I I think that's kind of what they were going for, but like a spoiled brat. It's like Venture Brothers. Yeah. Yeah. Funny. So we already reviewed season two, episode ninety-six of He-Man: Battle Cat during a previous show, and now it's time for uh, three of eleven. I'm reviewing season two, episode ninety-seven of He-Man: The Time Wheel. Not the Wheel of Time. I wish. Also, didn't we already have a episode called The Time Wheel? We did. Time Wheel two. I guess so. Yeah, it was another another time. They're spinning it. They're spinning it faster this time. Time Wheel. Time Wheel Two, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> uh, in the electric, uh, in Time Wheel Two, Electric Boogaloo, He Man and Orko find an ancient lab in a cave, and they turn a crank in there, which is the Time Wheel, and they awaken an ancient Eternian king named Tamisk, the last of the Sorcerer Kings, a bellicose man with a crown of tusks. The old king leaves, the old king leaves on a dinosaur to challenge Randor for the crown. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Randor tells him they don't settle things by fighting anymore. And then things get awkward when Tamisk wonders about his wife and children. Then he sees the dragon. <laughs> <laughs> then he sees the dragon walker and thinks the dragon is after him. And he goes back to the cave and animates some stone warriors that used to belong to his old enemies. And they turn on him, so He-Man saves Tamisk. He-Man tells Tamisk he's remembered with honor and sends him home. And history changed as a result of their talk, and Tamisk becomes a peaceful ruler. Orko changes Randor's clothes to different ancient eras and um, to let him see what he would look like as an old king and accidentally gives him an Orko costume. <laughs> well, that's great! <laughs> uh, it's pretty good. Um, that sounds good. Yeah, uh, Tamisk was hilarious because he was just a loud mouth and he was just into beer and fighting, I guess. So I get this 4.2 Encino Kings. <laughs> that sounds like a good one. <laughs> All right, this is 4 of 11. Rebecca, you're doing something, right? He-Man, Season 2, Episode 98, Search for the Past. Okay, we open on an attorney in marketplace slash bazaar, which is fun because you see the people. And a vendor has some freaky gold bracelet cuff with Randor's father's crest on it. Mm. Also, at the same time, Orko has to buy a bunch of fruit because he messed up their display, and so he had to keep offering the fruit to people, and that was a good gag. <laughs> Men in arms and Randor then set off for the swamps of enchantment where the bracelet came from, and then Adam follows them. So what's up is that King Miro, Randor's father, is the prisoner of the enchantress who has a crone voice, although she's an evil sexy lady. So the Enchantress captures Randor at Castle Fear. So she is goals, okay? Miro is being held in a hut in the floating mountain and he directs He-Man when he arrives to Castle Fear, which looks like the bones of a horned goblin and is amazing. So Miro, He-Man, and Duncan go to Castle Fear to confront the Enchantress and get Randor. She has a great look of an owl headdress and a tattered pink cape boots and a swimsuit. She runs off when things get difficult because she's not good at confrontation. But first, she turns her frog henchman Drood into a super jacked giant, and he's also great. He turns on her, chucks her somewhere, and then Randor and his dad are reunited, and then we have an awkward conversation about, am I still the king? Like, no, you're not, Miro. Sit down. So he pieces out, and he goes to be a wild man and be free on Eternia, so maybe he wasn't a great dad anyway, and Randor didn't really miss anything. Moral is, grandparents are special. 4.2 vendor oranges. All right. Okay, that was a little longer than we I saw, wanted to uh, do. We saw Miro show up in a, a She-Ra episode. Yeah, it, I guess it's the same one. It is yeah. the same one. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. he had missed some time and he was trying to, <laughs> to do some neat king stuff. He's just a wild man now. He's <laughs> going off on his motorcycle to self-search <laughs> like Neil Peart. All right. I think you're up next, too. I'm up next, 5 of 11, with He-Man, Season 2, Episode 99, Hunt for He-Man. All right. So the Wind Raider has a new autopilot feature, and that's cool. And Trapjaw and Whiplash are spying on it, and they get jealous, and they want it, so they knock it out of the sky. So Adam and Cringer, who were in the Wind Raider, crash in a swamp in Skeletor's territory, like I was talking about earlier. Um, He is tired and weak. He-Man is because he swallowed poisonous swamp water and some villagers Ah. happen upon him and it's a grandpa and his terrible grandson Drac who wants to turn He-Man over to Skeletor because he's a bad child like Problem Child. Uh. Skeletor and crew go after them because they still want that Wind Raider. Papaw Swamp and Problem Child tote (laughs) He-Man on what looks like a corpse cart and He-Man is still super weak and now these bummers and cringer have to figure out how to get away from Skeletor's Skeletor's hunter robots. 
And then they get to the village and it's been destroyed by Skeletor, so Problem Child finally realizes that Skeletor is bad. Duh. So they decide to take He-Man to some healing tree. Skeletor tracks them to the tree. Problem Child decides to waylay Skeletor by doing a bait and switch with He-Man and Cringer. And Skeletor says, what did that Swamp Child say? So the plan works long enough for He-Man to get healed by the tree and whoop everybody. And so it was actually pretty fun. So 4.0 autopilots out of 5. Nice. The was, was Swamp so Thing in this episode or his wife? <laughs> he should have been. They were in the swamps. Did, uh, um, did, did, did I catch did the Swamp family get their comeuppance? They did. Well, I mean, they turned to the good side. So, yes. Okay. The grandpa was always good. And there, were, uh, there was a lot of lecturing about what makes someone good and what makes someone bad. And the grandpa was very disappointed in the Swamp Child. I see. But then he learned the swamp child learned his lesson, so it was good. I felt like He Man should have been catfishing in this. He should have. <laughs> he should have been. It was actually pretty freaky. Like they made him very incapacitated for most of the That'd episode. That'd be disturbing for kids to yeah, see. Yeah, it would. He was like completely like knocked out. It was very weird. Was any the was it like glowing or anything? Like how how they, how they make it look poisonous or they, no? He just said he just said a line offhand about like oh I I must have swallowed a gallon of that water when I was you know trying to get the wind right uh, or whatever okay, right. it was uh, yeah and then so yeah you just found out about it afterwards it's like and he was just really weak and collapsed it was freaky hmm. yeah it was interesting not well, a bad way well we reviewed season two episode 100 in today's show Ooh. so uh six of 11 i'm reviewing he-man season two episode 101 not so blind okay like he-man no, an old man is telling, uh, is, uh, thank you, is telling a group of hyper kids some He-Man tales. Prince Adam, who's a friend of He-Man, drops in, and the kids are happy but want to know, how come He-Man doesn't smash Skeletor into little bones? Plus, Skeletor gets away with everything. He-Man says his punishment is mounting and merely delayed. One kid sings the He-Man theme song when he leaves. Uh, one kid stays, Loose, who was born blind. Adam agrees Loose can go adventuring with He-Man, and Loose asks Ram-Man where his neck is. They find some singing crystals, and the singing uh, surprisingly sounds like it's from a male pop singer. I wouldn't expect that. The crystals, <laughs> the crystals blind He-Man and Ram-Man, and Loose shows them how to use their senses to get back home. And there are some interesting puzzles they solve along the way. We learn everyone deserves to be accepted and has a lot to learn from each other. He-Man vouches for Loose's story when he's bragging to the other kids about his He-Man friendship at the end. Uh, could have been bad, but was pretty interesting. I'd say 4.3 kid mobs. <laughs> that sounds pretty good. Was it the crystal was like? It was like oh, oh, oh. That's hilarious. I mean, it was it was weird. That's, that's, that sounds pretty good. Quit playing games with my shards. <laughs> my shards. There's a lot of there's a lot of interesting uh, Ram Man moments. There was a moment where they were trying to find a way out of something. So they had some downtime, like real talk, where they were asking Loose about his challenges and his life. But then Ram Man was trying to empathize and he was like, it's like, some people think I'm stupid, but I'm not. And they like had a long talk about first impressions of people. It was, they were, they were digging in hard to this one, but it was actually pretty entertaining, surprisingly. Okay. Okay. Next one. All right. Uh, I'm doing 7-Eleven, right? Uh, He-Man Season 2, Episode 102, Revenge is Never Sweet. Okay, it opens uh, with Orko, Prince Adam, Tila, and Cringer changing, uh, fixing attack track in the middle of the desert. Uh, Maybe they're changing their oil or something. I don't know. Orko gets tricked by a sand slug that looks like a turd. And and he changes him into Kothos. Kothos is back. Oh, Oh, my gosh. So Kothos summons He-Man, and he comes surfing in on a raft. Uh, Kothos puts on a helmet on He-Man and, and calls on Skeletor to, uh, to trade him for Evil Lynn. He-Man yells out to Evil Lynn to save him, and he will save her. Evil Lynn frees He-Man, but uh, still gets taken away by Kothos. So He-Man busts into Kothos' ships, gets taken by a giant hand. Orko and Tila throw some flowers at some guys and then free Evil Lynn. Evil Lynn beats up Kothos and tries to blow up his blow up his palace. Then He-Man says, "Okay, you be good now, and we'll let you just hang around, like, and have your palace and everything." So, it was it, the first episode was a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this could have been like a real rival for uh, Evil Lynn. Kind of, they should have, they should have built up a whole other little storyline for that. Yes. So, uh, I was, it, was a, it was a terrible episode. It was, it was pretty good. Uh, 
uh, glowing crystal balls. Cool. All right, and we move on to She-Ra. Eight of 11. I have She-Ra, season one, episode 61. Dark smoke and fire. Okay, so I'll start off by saying that this was a J. Michael Straczynski one, and uh-huh. oh, we should have done it in a regular episode, but we didn't know. It's fine. It was really good. <laughs> Mondulak makes a rocket that's supposed to zoop Adora off course when she goes to Eternia to visit Adam, and we see that it works because when they go between the two places, it's like floaty dimension with doors everywhere. So she winds up on Eternia, but like a different version, and she gets herself mixed up with a villager who's being pursued by a mob, and they're calling him Dragon Lover. This dude takes her to Dragon Valley, where people live with dragons, including Granamere. But this happens to be a thousand years before, is the difference here. And Granamere doesn't know of Randor, He-Man, or anything called an Orko. <laughs> and as if that's not enough pro- problem, there's also an evil wizard who's leading the cause to get people against the dragons so he can steal their powers. Uh, dragons, not villagers. The villagers are dopes. And the wizard riles the people up very easily, and these dopes start attacking the dragons and putting their powers into a crystal. And it would have been bad, but the wizard's imp tattled on him. And she blew his powers out with the wind. And then Grandamere lectures the villagers on their anti-dragon sentiment being the dangerous reason it got out of hand. And Grandamere makes She-Ra a portal that she zaps with her sword to travel back to her place, along with the creeper crystal that that king can use to peep on She-Ra when he misses her. Okay, Grandamere. Uh, Lookie says, don't blame others when you mess up. This was a good one. 4.2 Grandamere lectures. Awesome. I want to know how she blows stuff away. Does, does she use her mouth? Does she, does she use she, her sword to spin really quick? I can't say. I don't even remember. I think it was, It may have even just been like, oh, like oh, okay, it right. may have even just been a puff. It was like very, like, not even important in the episode. Like, she was just like, yeah, I'm done. And then uh, we already reviewed season one, episode 62 of She-Ra, Magic Cats, during a previous show. It was very good. Okay. And now... So now I'm doing 9 of 11. This is uh, She-Ra, Season 1, Episode 63, Flowers for Hordak. All right. <laughs> okay, it opens with Shadow Weaver has a black ruby, and she's going to use her shadow magic to take away the sun, and that will kill all the Whispering Wood. So Perfuma can make flowers or whatever, even in darkness. Uh, so they need to capture her before they uh, block out the sun. They get her, and then uh, to save the trees, She-Ra and Glimmer have to go up as high as they can, and then Glimmer has to use all of her power um, and drain herself completely and basically create a sun, but she can only do it for an hour a day. So in the meantime, Perfuma is in uh, her jail cell, and it's just covered in flowers. She gets a trooper killed because she covers him in flowers, and Hordak blasts him because he says he's too pretty. Perfuma dances a conga line uh, with troopers, drives Hordakins. She calls him Hordakins. (laughs) Crazy with all the singing and flowers. He loses his mind and calls for She-Ra to come get Perfuma. <laughs> then She-Ra extorted, extorts him because she knows she figures out that he's like losing his mind because his whole all of Horror Hall is covered in flowers. So she gets six months supplies out of him and the Black Ruby, and they turn the sun back on. The, some of the parts it was it was an interesting concept, and I wish they didn't make it so silly. But uh, the the part about Glimmer like having it was just like sad because they showed like Glimmer like afterwards like you know like all like drained and like I don't know it was just yeah. it was interesting like she was trying her hardest to save the all the trees and everything but like it was like draining her and she couldn't do it after like two or three days it was just like basically like killing her almost yeah, I feel like She-Ra is often fighting the seriousness with the silly I feel like there's always a tension there that's interesting and it was I, I think it was so serious on that end and they had to make it even more silly yeah, silliness yeah, on the other that, end. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, 3.1 Hortikins. I am sorry I miss Perfuma, though, because that sounds like a hoot. I'm glad they know she's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's... Yeah. Uh, well, and at one point, too, uh, Mermista was in it, too, and was uh, uh, asking Bo to uh, have a um, swimming competition. He's like, I know not to race people with fins. <laughs> <laughs> Wise of Bo. All right, so I have She-Ra Season 1, Episode 64, Wild Child. Okay, so we learned that Bo has a garden full of prize winners, which Cal calls prize losers, which is a good burn. But his garden is wilting, and they find out that it's because of these ghosts from the Green Island Kingdom, because the ghost conveniently dropped the locket with the sigil of the Green Island Kingdom. 
Um, so Raz and Broom go to ask King Arbor of the Green Islands about this locket they found. And the scoop is that the locket belonged to Princess Allegra, who has been lost at sea five years. And because it happened at sea, Adora figures that Mermista can tell her what happened and summons Mermista with some shell chimes. Mermista plucks a jellyfish <laughs> out of the ocean and gets its memories. So we have a flashback of what happened to Princess Allegra, which was kind of cool. Okay, so the deal is Princess Allegra lives with these white wolves and she's wild, but you know, cause she has a tattered sarong. And then they make a lot of hay out of Allegra not fitting in and the villagers being rude to her because of her wolf and she doesn't have manners. And then we find out that the thing that's wilting the crops is hot gas escaping from underground lava. So Shira floods the lava tunnels and then everyone's friends. And Allegra decides to go back to her kingdom and says goodbye to her wolf friends, which is like, what's the point of being a princess and friends with a wolf? You can't sick them on people. That's terrible. Loki says, eat your vegetables. What? What? <laughs> 3.9 prize losers. Funny. And then also the jellyfish that Mista held had those Geiger style tech lines on it like on the bottom of it, which is really cool design. I actually liked it because it was just a jellyfish, but it had like the sort of like the horde look to it, which was neat. That was just like some extra care. The jellyfish are scary. I like them. They look alien. All right, we'll take us on home. All right. This is the last one. 11 of 11. This is She-Ra season one, episode 65, the greatest magic. Is it friendship? <laughs> no, but oh. close. And also I, I have to say, I really <laughs> is regret it the that greatest show on Eternia. <laughs> I did not. I'm really great. I did not make you guys watch this one. And you're about to find out why. Okay. All right. So Orko has been visiting She-Ra's uh, camp <laughs> And he was trading magic with Madame Raz. <laughs> yeah. Orko and She-Ra get pulled through a portal to Trala, where Uncle Mortok oh. Montor kisses She-Ra's hand. The Crimson Council has disappeared, and She-Ra introduces herself and says Orko is her friend. Driel is there, and she's jealous. She says, you never hugged me like that. They go to see the <laughs> high muck-muck inside a giant living Orko head. Inside the fortress, it's the most annoying place on Earth. That's all I can tell you. They talk through the problem. Then a Mario Buzzy Beetle-looking creature attacks the head. Now they go to the Trolla prison to get some intel where a bad guy named Dr. Zug is waiting. He's a little and he can float in an armored ball. The trawling guards have been imprisoned. There are also lots of criminal Orcos and striped Orco short shirts. And by the way, Zug wants to rule uh, Trolla. Hearing this, the muckass says, Never, you scoundrel! She-Ra moves a mountain to save the fortress. Uncle Montork helpfully remembers that Trollans can work magic through a loved one, so Orco frees Driel, who lowers a shield for the good guys to attack Zug's ship. Driel is finally satisfied that Orko loves her, and Montork says, Love is the greatest magic of all, and this was horrible. <laughs> it was horrible. I'm going to say it. He gets like it. two Electroids. I, I love Orko, and I love Trala, and this was dreadful. Oh. It was dreadful. But you have to give them points for uh, the wacky, crazy Trala-looking stuff. It's like going inside the containment unit in Ghostbusters, and I do love that. As they said on another... Uh, show in the 80s. You take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and there you have the facts of life. <laughs> that's And that's what this uh, lightning round was like. I'll get you back with a trial episode the 7. Angela. <laughs> yes. And that's our show for today. Thanks for listening. Next week, we're reviewing Season 2, Episode 17 of She-Ra, The Locket. Seahawk gives Adora a necklace but will it say best friends or true love? <laughs> and we'll ask Scott's if, mom. If his mom's around, then <laughs> yeah, it'll say best friends. If you'd like to follow along with the show, you can find our episode guide at thewizardsnightshirt.com. And if you have any questions or comments for us to discuss, uh, you can email us at rumors at thewizardsnightshirt.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram and subscribe to the show on iTunes or ask Alexa to play the Wizards Nightshirt podcast. We want to thank you for listening, and please remember, if the ringmaster has a deep V, watch out for his bird trick. <laughs>
do remember one time at the fair, my meeting cousin, who we loved hanging out with all the time, Spencer, actually did win a carnival game where the prizes were those decorated mirrors, you know, oh. like the painted on mirrors. And he let me have the prize and oh. pick what I want. So I got one with a Pegasus on it. And oh. so I, I had that for years. So anyway, that's that's a nice that's a nice thing that Spencer did one time. Well, maybe he let me instead of getting like a Def Leppard mirror, like <laughs> I'm sure he wanted, you know. Yeah. Well, he maybe let me get my you Pegasus. Were thinking about she in the back of your head. Maybe I was. My sister had a un- got a unicorn one. She won one. I think the tall bangs are to deflect the nunchuck attacks. <laughs> incidentally, if you're also, a little sister, for, that's for important. The queen, it's yeah. like a it's a uh, uh, beneficial beneficial uh, evolutionary mutation. Yeah, uh, little sisters need to develop nunchuck. Crunchy reflection. hair, yeah. yeah, crunchy hair that absorbs damage. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that just <laughs> put that in there, edit it up somehow. Well, I don't know. I'm just running my mouth. If she, if it was a Dungeons Dragons character, it'd be like nunchuck assault minus seven. If you have tall bangs. It depends on what hair hair hairspray you use. I guess. <laughs> I That's guess true. So. Uh, you could do that rave level five, man. Yeah, it ain't nothing gonna touch you. La looks. You ain't. You ain't getting through. <laughs> White rain of fortification. <laughs>